second ever emergency episode of No Challenges Remaining, live from Mason, Ohio. It's about 1 a.m. on Thursday morning here in the Cincinnati suburb. Courtney, we've just, just a few hours ago, heard the news that Marion Bartoli is retired, so we scrambled to the microphone, sitting here with our Bud Light Limes, ready to reflect on what she meant to us. Now I have my Bud Light Lime. Toast, Mary. Toast to Mar- Here's to Marion. This one goes out to Marion. We would pour one out for her, but we're kind of sitting on a bed, so it'd be messy. <laughs> and it's my bed, so I don't actually want to sleep with Bud Light Lime all over my bed sheet, so thank you very much. No, that's fair. But Courtney, let's just go back a little bit to Marion um, and just how we found out about this. Yeah, we had decided, because it was a relatively quick night, thanks to Rafael Nadal and his fairly easy win. And a night that wasn't going to be newsworthy, we decided. Yeah, which we were obviously wrong about. But we decided to actually get out and have a proper dinner. Which we don't do much here. No, we don't. You know, call it a good early night, good night's rest, because tomorrow's order of play is pretty stacked and all that. But we had dinner, and then we headed over to a hotel that is happens to be the Player Hotel mm-hmm. to say hi to some folks. Yep. And as we were saying hi to folks, a... Like, what was it? It was Julian Beneteau and Christina Mladenovic and... Manorino. Manorino, Richard uh, Gasquet. Nicolas Mahou. Nicolas Mahou. Every, Roger Vasselin. Yeah, so a bunch of French players sprinted past us, kind of, towards one of the TVs that was right in front of us. And we saw on the screen Marion Bartoli looking teary. And I could I could hear what they were saying in French. They were saying, like, something like, la fin de sa carrière, which means, like the end of her career i was just like wait what and they were all like pressing their ears up against the tv to listen and they were just shocked yeah just had these incredulous looks on their uh, on their faces you know yeah and then i quickly realized what was going on and was shocked myself and was like wait what yeah so marion bartoli announced her retirement and she did it at about roughly 10 30 at night in mason ohio it's not the place you expect a career of a recent grand slam champion to end but that's where she chose to do it what what do you make of uh, her making this decision, Courtney? You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm of two minds of it. On one hand, I mean, from kind of just a human perspective, to me, it's like when someone is, thinks they're done, they're done. Yeah. And if that's in Mason, Ohio, or if that is your final match at the U.S. Open or like whatever like that, like it doesn't really matter. And if she says that she, you know, really decided and, and really felt like it was her she was done after the first set of tonight's match against Halep so be it and and kudos to her for kind of making that decision so quickly and swiftly and decisively and you know she's really kind of going out as really any human being would want to go out of their career which is that you achieved the one thing that you wanted to achieve and that you worked for your entire life to get and you got it and you know that you're never going to do better you could do the same yeah. which is you could win it again but you're never actually going to do better than what than what it is and and Bartoli is as much as she's kind of a kooky crazy quirky girl she has never been delusional 
No, I don't think so. You know, so I think that she kind of knew it wasn't going to happen again. She's at the top of her career, and if you spoke with her, I spoke with her this week, and um, even before Wimbledon, of, of just kind of getting an understanding of where her mind was at, is that, you know, especially the, earlier this week, she was very much like in a blissful cloud full of, I mean, she was like basically living a Lisa Frank notebook cover. Like, <laughs> life was really good. And life was rainbows and unicorns exactly. for Mary Bartoli. And, um, rainbows and unicorns and Louboutins. And if you, could, if you can't do better than that, like, yeah, why not just drop the mic and walk away and go live your life? I totally understand that. I totally think that her retiring after this Wimbledon relatively soon after it makes sense. The actual timing of it today, though, I find a bit worrisome. And I think I'm not alone in that. Other players, former players and current players, I know Lindsay Davenport said on Twitter already tonight that she thought it was a little bit rash and she might reconsider later or something. We both talked to a player who was another player we saw, not one of the aforementioned ones we saw in the lobby, a WTA player. And she was saying that she can't believe Mary made that decision so soon after a loss and that it's too major a decision to make when you're feeling emotional in the very short term after a defeat because Marion's never taken defeat particularly easily it's fair to say but at the same time yes the whole going out on top thing the having peaked thing the it's not gonna get any easier for her her or her motivation might be gone I totally understand that at the same time it's not what she was really saying earlier this week she did all access and she was very happy and talking about the U.S. Open she was talking about how she has found new motivation even after these little injury setbacks they're saying just even this week getting back on court makes me realize how much I still want it and who knows if she was trying to convince herself that or if she really meant it who knows I just all I know is that this came very very suddenly and there was not a whole lot of indication I don't so I'm just still trying to figure it out I, I kind of disagree with that a little bit just because when I talked to her earlier this week at All Access you know she was she kind of said I don't have dreams anymore my dreams are done yeah. And what I have now are goals. But tennis-wise, I've, I've accomplished my dream. And that was it. And she kind of told she, I was talking to her and asking her about, you know, talking to her dad and things like that. And, and she said that, that her dad now, like, he was like, you could lose every match from here on out. I don't care. What I want for you now is to have a good life, to find a good husband, to have a family. Yeah. You know, we were kind of joking about that. Like, I was saying, like... You know, oh, if it's not one thing, it's another thing, right? Like with dads and, and setting goals and, and things like that. But, you know, she was very much, uh, and you could really see it in her eyes. I, I really felt when I spoke to her that, that in a lot of ways she was done. So it wasn't about her retiring that was surprising. It's just that it was right now. It was so sudden. That's right. the thing. Like, you know. Even, doing... if, even if we both see, could have seen this coming sometime before the end of 2013, even, let's say. Right. For it to come tonight was very abrupt we because we were as we were walking out of there we said okay we don't really need to stay for lena versus lauren davis we're pretty sure lena is going to handle this even though if it took three sets it wound up being fairly straightforward for her we didn't need rafa and presses we'd already spoken to rafa and rafa's match was not anything of note tonight we decided to take a peek in on marion's match as we walked to our car to leave we saw the last two games, I guess, against Simona Halep. Simona Halep was winning fairly convincingly at that point, but Halep is a good player. He's won two WTA titles this summer. There was nothing really amiss with what was going on with Mary. It's just like, you know, she doesn't always win every tournament. She has never been that player who's consistently making deep runs all the time. Losses happen, and so this was a very understandable loss for her, especially having come off a injury retirement last week in Toronto. So I just think having seen her play never would have ever cross my mind that was the last ball she was going to hit as a professional tennis player yeah no i mean i i, I definitely agree with you on that end I, I just i'm just saying that like looking back on it especially just you know kind of being with her 
from Eastbourne, where I interviewed her for that interview that was included on one of our older episodes. Yeah. And kind of getting episode her... Episode 47, by the way. Episode 47. But, you know, kind of talking to her about things and, and kind of just then her telling me, you know, my goal is just to make another slam final. It's not necessarily to win one. I just want to make a slam final. And then to go and do that and then to go on and win. And just her reaction at Wimbledon and her post-match press and just how elated she was. And, and then to get to this point, yeah, it's abrupt and it's sudden... But I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that kind of thinks, you know, I, w- I would hope that if ever I was lucky enough to accomplish whatever it is that my dream is, that I would have that courage to be able to walk away so so decisively and to not be greedy and to not think that I could replicate it and to just really be self-aware and to be pragmatic and honest about where my life was in that particular moment. And, you know, with respect to kind of what she was saying before about kind of wanting a family and wanting to find a husband and wanting to settle down. I mean, she ain't getting younger. I mean, you no. know what I mean? Like why waste, you know, I, I see this sometimes with some of the older players on tour who who keep kind of toiling away, you know, and I'm just like, why not just call it quits and, and change careers and, and do whatever. I mean, you're still young and you can do it. So the name that kept coming to mind for me was, was Schiavone of just like a player who achieved this great and incredible result in the big scheme of things was probably not going to replicate that. Came closer than anyone imagined. Sure, came close, but didn't. Okay. And when she walks away now, it's a little different than what kind of Marion's doing. I mean, she's Marion's still in her kind of honeymoon, blissful phase. She's happy. You know, if she regrets it, she regrets it, and she comes back. But I, I really just don't think that she's built that way to regret it. I mean, let's, let's talk about that. Do you think there's any chance she'll come back? I mean, I certainly think I'd be obviously just it would be a huge. I think she would see it as something that would take a lot of be humbling to undo a retirement announcement that was this sort of decisive and bold and uh, declarative and whatever else you want to call it. I mean, obviously, she's not going to like <laughs> wake up tomorrow and be like, oops, and be back in the U.S. Open draw. That'd be surprising. But if, I don't know, if, if when Wimbledon rolls around next year and she's a defending champion or something and she decides that it's time to get up back out there and defend her title and walk back onto center court as defending champion, something she'll never get to do now. I mean, she still has a lot of good tennis left in her, theoretically, if her mind and heart are not as dedicated as they once were. I mean, she's still a top ten player. She easily, with the right shot, could have made a U.S. Open quarter, semi, or final this year, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I think that I think it's soon. But, obviously, if she decides that she, it's not worth it to get any more, it's up to her. And she only she knows her, her motivation. But the, the timing of it just seems very quick. Even if she decided, as she said, after the first set of her match tonight, if that was when she made her mind up, but then she made the announcement next week, it would have a little bit more. It would seem a little bit more rock solid to me than making it two hours later after you have this epiphany. I don't know. I mean, I... I see, I mean, I definitely, definitely understand the whole second get, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, this was a bit sudden and, and, um, you know, is she going to regret this sort of thing? And I just, I don't know, in my interactions with her, I just really don't think that she will. And to be frank, what the fuck does a U.S. Open quarterfinal mean at this point to her? That's true. Means nothing. She's if she so long as she has the cash, and she has you know she's she's set kind of well financially. She doesn't have to play this sport for money anymore. Assuming that's yeah. the case, okay. So assuming that that's the case, what is there left for her to accomplish that that would be satisfying for her? And I think that it really a lot of it goes back to what Andy Murray said earlier this week. He was asked about Bartoli, yeah. and he said, you know, the best compliment that you can give an athlete is that they've fulfilled their potential. And she and did that. And she did that. And 
isn't that what I think we've all kind of said about Marion is that for all of her quirks, she is not the most naturally gifted athlete. She's maybe not even the most naturally gifted competitor. She's not necessarily a naturally gifted ball striker. I mean, she's been made into this tennis player and it's all kind of cobbled together and it's worked. I mean, she's, I can't think of another player that I've really followed in the time that I've really followed tennis, you know, the last like 15, 20, 25 years that has really maximized their potential the way that Marion Bartoli has. I can't think of one And that takes an incredible amount of work. Absolutely. I mean, to to turn, for her to be a professional athlete, and and we see it on the practice courts, the bungee cords and the jumping and the the hyperkineticness of, of the way that she plays the sport. I can understand kind of realizing, look, I, I killed myself to get this trophy. I got it. I'm not going to kill myself again. And I'm, I totally understand that. I just think just I'm mostly still reacting a little bit out of the shell shock, not expecting to have had this happen tonight. I mean, if she had, for example, not come back to Toronto and Cincinnati and just announced a month after the Wimbledon, that's it, I'm hanging up, I'm leaving on top, it would have surprised me less. I think, but I do totally understand how she comes here and realizes while she's out on grandstand playing in front of a stadium that's like two-thirds empty against Simona Halep and losing, being like, you know what? And actually... If she said she made the decision after the first set, she was winning at that point in the match. But either way, if she said, you know what, what am I here for? I don't have the same drive to win this match as I have other matches. And then she fades away in the next two sets. I mean, I get that. But again, the coming to the microphone with that so quickly. She's always been a very forthcoming person. She's not going to uh, choreograph things too much and do just what comes naturally and instinctively to her. So I get that. But still, it's, it's a big surprise. And I'll be very interested to hear tomorrow what all the other players yes. have to say about it. That will be something. Courtney and I both briefly talked to her at All Access, so you can hear what Marion's thought process were on Monday now. Tired to Toronto, and so, you know, physically, what's been the toll on your body, and, and what do you need to be careful about? Yeah, I, I think, you know, going through those kind of emotions, even if I'm very strong mentally, you have to give yourself some time to suck it up and, and, and be ready. And, uh, you know, I already... <laughs> I felt I did a great job in Toronto because I normally played the most awful match every single two years over there. Like, if you take my match to Sunday night, Sunday night, it was awful. And this time I was able to play when my first one, so I was quite proud of myself, but then I hurt my head. And I got a pretty, um, pretty tough day because at the first RMI I showed a one centimeter tear on my oblique. And the doctor really told me it would be tough to play the US Open. So I was kind of, well, this is, uh, this is hard to take. And, and then the next day she, uh, she told me, well, just come back 24 hours later so we can have a proper look to it. And actually it was almost gone. <laughs> she said she never saw that before. And uh, I must have something magic inside me to kind of heal so quickly. But, you know, I practiced today with Dominica. It felt awesome. I was playing well, and my serve was not hurting anymore, so I'm really ready. And um, you don't feel day to day. If you feel like it's it's over, so I feel like I'm improving yet. day to day, yeah. and uh, I feel like um, being so close from not playing kind of makes me realize again I really belong on a tennis court, and that's the place where I want to be. And obviously, being one month away when you have to go through so much high, you know, outside of tennis court, you kind of, personally, it's not easy to come back into the competition, and having this kind of scare actually helped me mentally to realize that I won't be so much again. Congratulations, of course. You know that expression, like cloud nine, right, being cloud nine, so, you know, you won Wimbledon, so you still, 
you still have that feeling around, right? It's probably going to last a long time, right? Yeah, well, you know, I think it will last forever because obviously when you have been able to achieve your dream, you're kind of feeling so, in a way, relief because, you know, you don't have that to, to think about anymore. But of course I have more goals to achieve. It's not like really dreams, but it's goals to achieve. And of course I want to achieve them as well. But I feel like if I have to retire by tomorrow because something happened to me, I will be able to say I've done everything I wanted to do. And this is the best feeling ever because now I can play just for fun and enjoying and, and love to be out there because it's my passion. I love to play tennis. But there is not one day I can say, yeah, I can say, oh, I wanted to do that and I will, I will not, never be able to do it. In your Paul's uh, match interview, you mentioned that you used to think about winning women every day. You said, well, that's what every player, they dream about. Maybe not everybody, but was that that intense for you, that every day you had that uh, pressure on you? Well, I had, it was not pressure, but I had my dream, and I never, I never stopped dreaming, never. And uh, a lot of times I heard, "Well, dare to dream, dare to dream, baby, you can always," <laughs> but you would never get it. And I kept dreaming. I kept my head up. I kept working hard, and I kept believing into myself. And uh, I find the, the right team around me. I, I found the right people that helped me to feel confident by myself. Mm -hmm. I had some great friends. Um, even they were not there at the championship because they had some work to do and they are busy, but they were with me, they were texting me every day. Can and, and Emmanuel was great. <laughs> <laughs> they were helping me to really go through those um, hard moments when I had some and also the unbelievable joy when I had some as well, but they were there every step of the way. And. Um, and yeah, I would never forget that day. I would never forget it. We won't forget you. <laughs> you see, you're always dreaming. What's the dream now? Like, would it be another one then? My dream now? Yeah, what you said, you're always dreaming. My dream now, it's no, I, I have goals, Just but goal. it's no dream. My dream now, it's outside of tennis, it's different. It's um, when I will be retired, it's to have a nice family, to have a nice husband. But tennis wise, I achieved my dream. Marion, when you look back on, on the win and, and uh, everything, do you, in your own mind, see it as like a, a victory for your independence and kind of the way in which you've gone through tennis and kind of been a bit I actually remember the chat we had I, in this I know, <laughs> but we posted it because it was great. But uh, yeah, yeah when you, we talked about a lot about it, that stuff and then you go on and win. Um, how much do you feel is it a vindication of all of that, of kind of, you know, everything that everybody's kind of always thought of you and, and yeah. you being able to prove them wrong? Or is it the, you know, making, finally making the decisions to change your team to not work with your father as much, to kind of be a little bit more open and relax and things like that? Like, how do you see it? Well, I don't see it as a revenge at all because at the end of the day, it was, it's my achievement and there is nothing about proving to anyone that I could done it or whatever, nothing at all. But I felt it was a very hard decision to take, but at the end of the day it was the right one to take. And uh, and what I'm more proud of is to see the, the eyes of my dad when I won, because he's, he was so proud of myself and now he's so 
you know, he told me, Marion, now you can lose every single match that you're going to play. I don't even <laughs> care anymore. All I care for you is you get married, you find a nice husband, and that's moved on. He that's now it. has new goals for you? That's it. That's brutal. <laughs> that's it. So, I mean, to see that from my dad and, and being so proud of me and saying, gosh... I knew you had this inside you, and uh, and I'm so proud of you. You made it by on your own. Mm -hmm. Even if I helped you for 22 years, you were there on your own on the court, and you made it by yourself. And I'm so proud of you. That that's, that's the best compliment I could receive. And, and honestly, now my life it's just amazing, and it's it's almost indecent how amazing it is mm -hmm. because it just gone from high to high to high to high. And <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> almost. I mean, if you look at the, the contacts number I have now, it's sure. ridiculous. Yeah. So, Courtney, how, how do you think Marion Bartoli should be remembered in this sport? Her perceptions are kind of all over the place. She's gotten a lot of criticism and mockery, but also adoration and fascination over the course of her career. She's a very polarizing player, for sure, in both positive and negative and did it her own way and will never be duplicated, fair to say. What will you remember most about Marion Bartoli in, say, five, ten years? I will remember her as, I mean, at least when, with respect to her kind of on-court stuff, as an overachiever, as, as someone who, you know, none of us, when you first see Marion Bartoli play tennis, you don't think that that's possible. No. Not that, not not just like the way that she plays tennis, but also that that type of tennis can win. Yeah, you no, know, totally and, right. and and so in that way, like she will always kind of be the indie punk, do it yourself riot girl of the WTA of, of this generation. Of it doesn't look right, it doesn't look pretty, it doesn't look like it's been done ever before, and it doesn't look like it should work. And yet. It did. You know, all the debates can, can rage on about asterisks around her Wimbledon run. Oh, the draw blew up, blah, blah, blah. But I think I've said this before on, previ on a prior podcast that to me, her Wimbledon triumph was really just a And it was a career of, what was she? Before she retired, she was the active player with the longest streak in the top 20 of a little over six years, I believe. And that's an incredible stat when you consider who her compatriots are. Yeah, totally. Her, she, yeah, her, Serena her. couldn't do it. Maria couldn't do it. Venus couldn't do it. Justine couldn't do it. I mean, nope. well, Justine was retired now, so Clysters whatever. wasn't doing it. Even players, like, who else would be in the conversation? Like Petrova, mm -hmm. like Zvonareva, Kirilenko... Ivanovich, Ivanovich, Yankovic. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those players didn't have all dropped out of the top twenty at some yeah. point, and she plugged. The, she kept going, and she plugged away. And if you think it's exhausting to watch her play tennis, think about how exhausting it must be to play that level of tennis. And I think that, and the other stat that comes to mind on her sort of perseverance is that she had. I might get this number wrong. I believe Wimbledon was her forty seventh Grand Slam appearance, which was the most ever by a player in winning their first Grand Slam. No one had ever arrived and lost so many times before winning her first Grand Slam. And that's pretty impressive to have that kind of continuing belief and lack of quit. And showing that much lack of quit and finally achieving it and then quitting, quote-unquote, after you achieve it, it's hard to knock that. No, absolutely. And, and I will say that in my times of kind of interviewing Mary and being around her, talking to her, she was one of those players that I was always really impressed with because... She never quit on herself. Like in terms of 
you know, I, I've definitely talked to players who are, you know, great talents and they slump at some point. And you talk to them and, and you walk away from that interview kind of feeling like, oh, they're down on themselves. Yeah. You know, they, they're having a crisis of confidence. And that's not to say that Marion didn't have a crisis of confidence at any point in her career. She did. But there was always kind of this steeliness about the way that she went about her business of like, okay, I lost. Get up. Try again. And... You want to talk about somebody who just kind of seemed like she was just constantly running up against a wall 47 times yeah. or just, you know, week in and week out. I mean, she she finished a 13-year career with eight titles. That's not a lot of titles. No, nope. not really. I mean, we make fun of Sam Stozer and she has four, you know, and, and Marion has eight. I mean, it's it's not that many more, you know, and given her talent. So, you know, she she did it her way. I mean, I don't know. She, she's the WTA riot girl for me. She's, she's just, I mean, I... You know, it's only a few hours and I already miss her. And I, I genuinely regret not being there for her final press conference. Yep. I, I, you know, just if I, even, if, I, if I had any, even if I'd had like, if we'd had like 10 minutes notice that it was happening, we would have. We would have sped back. Absolutely. Yeah. If we were not that far, we would maybe have been a little late, but we would have gone uh, through hell or high water. We would not yeah. miss Marion too much. So that so was too bad. But. It's disappointing to, to be there. It was obvious. It was a different sort of scene that we were in being surrounded by French disbelief. So that was. But that was nice. That I was, mean, that, that was, was good something. to just that see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was interesting to see other players reactions that you know that fyi marion bartoli did not retire and like nobody noticed no you know this was a ho- you know, hotel with all the players ma- lingering around and hanging out and just kind of unwinding from their days or losses or things like that yeah. and the minute that it flashed up everyone was interested and, and twitter blew up i mean for a player that seemingly if you were to listen to some commentators everybody thinks is a freaking weirdo and her winning is like devastating to the game right it just crushes the game's popularity yeah. People people paid attention, and I don't know. She's just kind of a heartwarming character to have on the WTA tour, and I will genuinely miss her. And on top of all of that, on top of all of the achievements that she had on court, she was a nice person. Like, she was just a good, thoughtful, articulate person, thought about the questions that you posited to her, who was quick to laugh, who was funny, but also really philosophical about the way that she kind of went about her business and went about her life, and you really respected that, and she, I will miss her. I, I definitely think she was she was always nice off court for sure. I, I believe. I do think, however, there were moments of her, and this is just her being a human being. She was a fairly ruthless competitor a lot of times. She was not above taking a tactical injury timeouts or stalling techniques or whatever else you want to call it with her. I mean, she was someone. But that's in some ways those are things that speak to her dedication to winning and her commitment to trying to squeeze everything out of each match she possibly could. And I, I'm just trying to say, I mean, I know obviously we're sort of eulogizing her career. It's easy to say everything's positive, but there are, you know, rough edges occasionally with her, which is which is fine. Everyone, Every player has that, and I think the good for her absolutely outweighs the less good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I was specifically speaking about her off-court No, I know. Nature, I, mean, I was but, bringing it back to all. I mean, I don't know. I mean, even with her medical timeouts and things like that, I never really took, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I would roll my eyes just because I was like, oh, there's Marion being hurt again. But I'm not entirely ever sure that I ever thought that she was like gaming anybody. But Okay, well, I'm, I don't, I don't, I didn't mean, I don't mean to like get into like the laundry list of things that were negative for her, but like refusing to shake hands with Rosano and in, in Eastbourne. If you remember that moment, these are not big things. Yeah, whatever. I mean, these are ticky tack things across a 13 year career. I mean, we're not talking about something where she got publicly called out for some sort of major breach of etiquette, other than the fact that she's a twitchy player and she gets asked about that, about that being inherently right. gamesmanship and things like that. But you know, there are moments when you where you talk to her, and I just. I don't know. Unless she goes into a different zone when she's on court and, you know, just kind of forgets herself, which I don't really think is necessarily the case. 
I never really got the sense that she was ever doing it intentionally to put people off. No, it, that with, was my with, sense. The, with the quirks, I definitely didn't think. No that. quirks or MTOs. I mean, she might be, she might have been a hypochondriac, but I never thought that like she was like I'm going to take a medical timeout right now to like hurt this person's momentum. And as far as I can remember, it's never been a situation where she's admitted to any sort of like gamesmanship in press conferences either. No, I don't think she's admitted to it. No, right. but I guess it's not a big part of her legacy. I'm just saying that she was ruthless a lot of times just in her demeanor on court like as we mentioned i was listening just getting queued up for the last uh time we segued interviews to her was we talking about her at hopman cup and i'll get to this next just our sort of favorite marion bartoli moments and when i was there in last year 2012 at hopman cup watching her double bagel yarmila gadisova in front of a crowd of stunned australian fans who came there to cheer on their home nation and she just sort of pummeled her and never looked back that's just you know there's nothing wrong with that that's competitive fire and lack of quit and intensity. That's all things you want. And Yarmila maybe not playing well. Yarmila didn't play great. She wasn't awful, awful. Yeah, but you know that was the thing that Marion could do. That was so awesome. She could click into these modes where she became unplayable. I mean, you remember the match against her against with Kvitova at the U.S. Open. I mean, she just absolutely smoked her at the end of that match, and Kvitova was playing well and could not touch a ball essentially. Bartoli has had other moments in her career. Like they were, they were, she just had that ability to get in that zone where she was one of the best. And she had some big scalps to prove it. I mean, she beat Serena at Wimbledon in 2011. She beat Yankovic when Yankovic was number one in Australia in 2009. She beat Justine Henin, even if it wasn't Justine's best match. But she upset Justine Henin in 2007 at Wimbledon to make the final there. I mean, she really did have a whole lot of peaks and memorable moments even before the big Wimbledon triumph, which was without necessarily maybe one of those perfect performances, which is why it felt a bit like a lifetime achievement award, perhaps. Yeah. Any any other merry moments that come to mind for you? There aren't any specific like moments that really stand out. It's just that well, A, she was always a stopper, right? Which is what you were kind of alluding to a little yeah. bit. Like she was, you know, beating Serena at Wimbledon, Justine Yelena stopping the Vika streak at, in yeah. Miami. That was a know, good match, too. Last year. I mean, even, you know, halting Kvitova's momentum last year at the U.S. Open. You know, she's always kind of there to just, like, just when you think that everything's safe, like, whoop, there comes Marianne. And she's just like, no. And Backing away your dreams yeah, with two hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just destroying narratives left and right. There's no singular moment that sticks out. It was just the way she was. I mean, whether it was, you know, walking into all-access hour with, like, a bowl full of pasta yeah. at Charleston a few years ago, which was just hilarious to me. And I, I say this with, like, affection, and I know that it sounds like I'm mocking or being ironic or, like, whatever. Uh-huh. But just the fact that, like, her hair was always kind of stringy and dry and, like, whatever. Mess. And you just wanted to be like, God, Marion, just get, like, some VO5 hot oil and just do a little treatment, smooth. And, and like, Marion didn't give a shit. No. And that's really... That really is what kind of... It, it came down to for me with Marion, is that, like... Marion was there to play. And Marion, I mean, that's the comments that came out after Wimbledon from John Inverdale, BBC Ugh, commentator. Must he, be not, must he be named during a Marion Bartoli podcast, but fine. Well, we're talking about how ridiculous he is, because he talked about, oh, you know, she wins, but she's not... Because she wasn't as pretty as Sharapova, or something, she had to work harder for it. Marion, I think, and her father both handled those comments beautifully, dismissing them, saying, I wasn't dreaming about being a model, I was dreaming about being a Wimbledon champion. And there was a singularity to her focus that I think was admirable. And I'm not saying that she wasn't concerned with appearance or something, because she's... <laughs> if you've ever have seen you her, seen those heels? You, if you've seen her footwear at any point, and seeing her in Istanbul trying to walk in, like, five-inch heels and really struggling was one of my favorite memories <laughs> from, the, from that, that event. So I think that, yeah, she, she was a fairly 
is a fairly fashion conscious person, but even then has a has an ability to not care what people think about her in a way that is, I think, genuine. It's the thing that people say a lot about a lot of people, but I think for Marion, it really is more true than for most. Marion was very secure in who she was and let that be known to the world. Yep. And that's, you know, just whether she's a tennis player or just like a person that you know, like that's such, that's a reason why you love her. I mean, that's a reason why she's admirable. It's a reason why she's a good example for, for a lot of the younger players of just, you know, do the damn thing, just do your thing and don't worry about it. And at the end of the day, the way that she went about her, her career, the way that she went about her life, got her a Wimbledon trophy and it was through hard work. Nothing was, nothing was ever given to her. She had to take it. And I know that for myself, obviously I write about the sport now, but like just even just the fan in me of, of, of being a sports fan, of just being a fan of just what sports can reveal of character and what sports can kind of prove and show and how it can be inspiring. Like Bartoli was one of those like great stories, you know, of, of the last few years, really, of being somebody who did it the right way in a lot of ways. You know, you just put your head down and you work. And if you work, you get rewarded. I mean, I think that that's something that we all kind of think is supposed to be how the world works and whether the world works like that or not, like who knows. But yeah. at least for Bartoli, it worked. It did. So we're going to miss her. Been a fairly sad evening. Or, been super know, emo. It's been stages of grief a little bit tonight here. Now I think I'm a bit in acceptance and it's sad. Just, you know, we'll miss you, Marion. If you want to make a comeback, I won't mind. But I wish you all the best in the rest of your life. And don't be a stranger. But be as strange as you want to be. Word. Thank you.